0: Hey, everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of fthismovie.com, movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm super excited for this week's show because we're talking about yet another Bruce Willis movie. Yes, it's The Return of Bruno, which means I can only be joined to talk Bruce Willis by my main Bruno man, Rob DeCristino. Hi, Rob.
1: Hey, Patrick, how's it going? Oh. This is Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> I could tell. Here, here to talk about. My movie Looper, right?
0: Oh yeah, that's right. What did I say?
1: <laughs> I don't think I said did I? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I was like, shit, did I watch the wrong
0: movie. Maybe I should uh, start <laughs> yeah. over. But We're watching I'm not, Looper, I'm folks. Not going to. We're talking about Looper.
1: We're talking about Looper.
0: Directed by, written and directed by Ryan Johnson, and uh, oh yeah. You know, it's been an interesting week because some information came out about Bruce Willis, that he's uh, suffering from a medical condition and uh, perhaps is even being taken advantage of by some people in his life, which is truly horrible. We were all very sad to hear it. And uh, Rob and I are both big fans of Bruce Willis, as you would know if you've listened to some of our podcasts, but then, of course, I remembered we did an episode on Midnight in the Switchgrass, so I went back and listened to that, which I rarely do. I don't usually go back and listen to our shows, but I was like, well, how hard were we on Bruno? And we were pretty hard on Bruce, uh, but again, we yeah, we work yeah. with the information that we have at the time, and... At the time, all we understood was that Bruce was making a lot of bad movies and getting a million bucks a day, and so had we known what he was going through, obviously that conversation would have gone very differently. I apologize for my part in it, I'm sure you apologize for your part in it, but at the same time, you know, it's like we can only try to do better.
1: Yeah, everybody's kind of doing this round this week where it's like, look, we love Bruce Willis. We were hard on him, but... That's what we do. You know what I mean? That, right. That's what you do. you It's tough love, you know? And so we want to see him do great things. Um, obviously, what's happening is horrible, and we, we send Bruce all of our love and support. And Absolutely. I think if you go back and listen to our episodes on Hudson Hawk in particular... <laughs> You'll see that we love Bruce Willis. That is a
0: Bruce Willis love fest right there. We
1: love Bruce Willis, and I'll tell you what—today's going to be a Bruce Willis love fest for me too. So um, I just want to say, yeah, I think you know we don't we didn't know what was going on. There was rumors about that for a long time. Uh, it was an unfortunate mix of different things, but hey, you know, let's let's be uh, let's be curious and not judgmental, as they say on Ted Lasso. Um, let's uh, let's 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 rectify. What we said, maybe, uh, with some love for a looper.
0: I like it. Um, hey, Rob, have you seen anything good lately,
1: Patrick? You and I are, are good friends, one of my dearest. Um, we care very deeply for each other. We we advise each other on matters of life, and and we we want to do you know see the best for each other. And you you texted me the other this night. Better you not said,
0: "Be going where I think it's going."
1: You said, Rob. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you son of a bitch. You said
1: you said Rob, don't watch the bubble. <laughs> God damn it. So I watched the bubble.
0: <sighs> Listen, we don't know what Judd Apatow is going through. Maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But we have to be able to talk about the bubble as a movie.
1: That's not a fucking excuse, Patrick. The movie is shit.
0: <laughs> it is It is my new least favorite movie of the year.
1: Patrick, did you know, I don't know if you know this. Yeah. Rich and famous people, they had a really hard time with COVID. Sure. They were locked in hotel rooms. They didn't know if the million dollar movie they were making was going to be finished on time. Mm-hmm. Um there was frequent infighting over TikToks. Um Oh boy. So 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 the the bubble sucks um, and <laughs> and and I don't know like like I mean it's not fun to talk like we you know it's we're not we're not a clickbait podcast we're not like oh did you know like it's not it's not interesting to talk about why the bubble sucks but it's one of those things where it's just like uh, it's a movie that knows better like it 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 frequently tells you throughout the movie like we know we're famous people and we're making fun of how egotistical and self-involved we're but that doesn't make the movie like, right. <laughs> The movie is still incredibly self-involved and smug and I don't know I just I I uh I should have taken your advice.
0: Well, at least it's self-involved and smug for over 2 hours.
1: The really good thing about it is that there's no real like driving narrative. There's no, no there's a really no real propulsion. Um characters are sort of vaguely sketched as sort of archetypes that don't really have any redeeming value um and there's um a lot of attention on like the inner workings of hollywood that like regular people like you and i will definitely relate to and like really appreciate like you know it's like a really nice way to like connect with your audience you know even even um, if it was
0: like a super inside baseball kind of a movie i could go for that because i think you and i care enough about movies and know enough about movies to like find some of that stuff funny but like It almost comes close once or twice to saying a thing, not, not anything profound, but like to making a point about the way current movies are made in terms of like green screen and visual effects. Um, There's an almost funny sequence where they're climbing the side of a cliff while they all have the flu. And one by one they start falling off, but because they're all tied on with a harness and green screened in, they end up just floating in midair. And it's like, yeah, that's how movies are made now. But that in and of itself is not a joke.
1: And like there's the little bits in there about uh, Fred Armisen's character being a Sundance – favorite who immediately jumps to big budget filmmaking which of course is something we've complained about a thousand times right. over the last couple of years so you're like okay you clearly know enough to know better right um and but you're not saying anything you're not doing anything with the time you're being given you know this is i mean and even you know, though they, they they wink at the camera and they go oh you know we're just making a distraction for people during COVID. it's like yeah that mo- movie you can't do that like that's not that's not a you know like like, I just think of Ed Wood, you know, just like you can make brilliant movies about the making of movies. There's lots of great movies about Hollywood and how Hollywood works. Get Shorty is a brilliant movie. Ed Wood is a brilliant movie. Like, you can make great movies about this topic. And maybe, you know, there might have been something here if they had leaned in a little bit more to what, you know, those little bits of something that you were talking about earlier. But, boy, that was like, that was tough. That was tough. That was a tough set.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a really bad movie made by people who should all know better, and I think that's I should 100% why
1: know better.
0: I made the distinction of saying it's my new least favorite movie instead of saying it's the new worst movie because obviously worst is subjective and we all have a different idea of worst. And the only reason this could be put on some sort of worst list because I'm sure there are many more incompetent movies that are coming out to like red boxes and stuff like that. But this is a least favorite because this is a group of people who are all capable of making something really funny. And you know, I really was pulling for Judd Apatow for a long time and he is burning off a lot of goodwill. Um, I didn't love the King of Staten Island, but my goodness, I would watch it 15 times before I would watch the bubble again, because again, at least it had an idea. It was trying to do something even if it was that, you know, the something it was trying to do was something Judd Apatow has done several times already, which is just man-child has to grow up. Uh, the right. bubble is not that, I guess, to its credit, but these are people who should know better. There's a joke with Leslie Mann that, uh, you know, I really like Leslie Mann, and there's a joke with her the the way she is sort of written out of the movie. I think they thought was going to be really, really funny, but it is completely at odds with everything else in the movie. It's the most tone deaf fucking thing. Uh, This is, this is a bad movie.
1: And like it's, uh, you know, very, very specifically uh, uh, in the in the in the press and in the materials about the film, you know, it's based on allegedly the making of Jurassic Park Dominion. Right. The idea is that it's a funny riff on all the stuff that happened on the set of that Jurassic Park film. And there's, uh, you know, that the credits are in the Jurassic Park font and it's very specifically angled in that sort of way. And you go to yourself, okay well, one, that's inside baseball that, you know okay, sure, people are kind of privy to, and that sort of makes sense, but you can't do a movie like this. You know, like, like like Tim Burton can do a movie like Ed Wood because he has has a particular point of view. He is emotional about film. He is protective of film. He's protective of his subject. He's protective of Ed Wood. The whole reason that movie works is because Tim Burton loves Edward D. Wood Jr., right. like, and right. he wants to protect him. And this movie is is in a, in a similar arena, but it's Judd Apatow doing his Judd Apatow thing and going, look, we're just gonna run the camera and just, you just do it, just riff, man. Like, just go. And you hear Apatow talk, like, I love actors. Like, I love, just let them all do their thing. But if everybody is doing their thing, then no one is doing anything. <laughs> like, look, you know what I mean? Like, and that's and that's the problem with these Apatow films now is that, you know, they're always, they've always been bloated. They've always been this, they've always been that. We've had these same complaints about Apatow for the longest time. But this one is the first one where, like, it's completely rudderless. Like, I I just, I really, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, even Staten Island has that Pete Davidson thing where, like, I can't stand Pete Davidson. I don't understand this Pete Davidson thing. I don't get it but like i understand that movie because i go okay this is a perspective this is has an authorial stamp this is something that this guy wants to say and he's got this point of view it's like this movie is just like what the fuck is happening like why did we do this? Yeah, this this is netflix this is everything that's wrong like when i watched like what what was the the, 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 the rock and ryan red reynolds red notice red notice right and you're watching it. You're going, okay. This is this movie was made by an algorithm. This movie, like literally, a computer made this movie. It's the same thing with this. Where yeah. It's like, is this is is this the Platonic ideal of a Netflix film? Like where it's just like this. This is Netflix running an algorithm and just like This movie is based on what the majority of Netflix users have watched over the last two years. This is what we produce. This is what comes out. It's like those, it's like one of those uh, things you see online where it's like, we got, we, we read all the, uh, we fed all the Harry Potter movies into a, into a computer and had them write a script. And this is what it came out with. That's, that's this movie.
0: Yeah. uh, It did produce a a sort of funny at home game where in the midst of any given scene erica and i could turn to each other and say now was that the joke (laughs) because there were lots of scenes where we weren't sure which what the joke was supposed to be for example daisy ridley shows up in this movie minor spoilers i guess for the bubble yes
1: she does as
0: like a peloton instructor
1: don't you dare insult peloton like that! i'm not I, it no. was a question no i know yeah she's one of those what's they the they don't mirror? use the word peloton you know it's not peloton it's that mirror workout thing okay. uh hold on uh machine mirror workout machine i just googled that's in my search history mirror forever now what erica called it tonal tonal
0: okay. is what it's riffing on yes uh, the joke is i think that daisy ridley is in the movie right because <laughs> right. i don't know what, what what other joke was there
1: the joke is that well, it's like the Benedict Cumberbatch joke or the John Cena joke, where it's like, look, they're in the movie, right? And and Daisy Ridley has a weirdly disarming American accent, and it's kind of un, it's kind of uncomfortable. Honestly, <laughs> but. And like, it's got like the Duchovny role, where Duchovny is like, try, he's like a like he's a thespian, and he's he's a writer, right. and he's trying right. to save the movie. And right. there's the joke with like Keegan Michael Key, who like can't do he can't go forward in the helicopter and he's and he's screaming i can't move forward and you're like right the movie can't either <laughs> like it doesn't, like it, i don't know I, I, again this is the most anyone's ever talked about the bubble and and it really deserves this much attention and and we're not the kind of we don't punch down we love we love movies but um this one was just like what the what is what is going on? Like what what, what this are we is
0: doing? a weird movie about punching down and it thinks it's not because it's like see we're in on the joke. We're we're spoofing right. ourselves. But uh it, boy it doesn't work.
1: No, not at all. I don't know. Let's talk about something good. Patrick, did all you right. say anything good cuz everything else I've watched I'm writing about. So you go ahead. Oh gosh. Um I saw X finally. Yeah, I still didn't get to see it. It's
0: It's real good. Um, X is the new movie from Ty West about the production of an independent porn film that gets interrupted by murder, I guess I can say. And uh, it's good. I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to spoil anybody on anything. But um, I really liked it. I, I am holding my... Final thoughts until I see it again. I want to see it one more time because I went into it. I went into it completely unspoiled. I knew as much as I just said, I knew the basic premise, but that was it. I never watched a trailer or anything like that. I didn't read any reviews. I wanted to go into it as sort of unsullied as possible. Um, But I also had known that like so many people that I know and respect had said, Oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's so good. So I definitely had inflated expectations and the movie was definitely having to live up to those. So I need to see it one more time again for the movie that it is and not the movie that I was hoping it was. Be, it would be. Not not because I was disappointed, but just because it was definitely playing against a set of inflated expectations. But I did really like it. I really liked High West. I'm glad that he's making movies again. I'm glad that he's making movies that are getting like... a pretty wide release uh it's A24 and you know you could go see it at like a strip mall so it's already almost gone from theaters unfortunately um but the good news is he's already made a new movie oh wow that uh they tease in the post credits for X if you stick around through the credits of X there's a trailer for a like prequel movie that he shot basically and finished in secret I don't know when exactly it comes out, but I know
1: it's done. Got so it's a prequel to X. Yeah got it okay yeah no i've not i did not get to go um there was a a press screening i did not get to go to it um i've been trying to see if i can finagle my way into like a link for it or something it hasn't worked yet but i would love to see it i'm hoping maybe over spring break i'll get to go if it's still in theaters
0: if you can still find it in theaters i recommend going if not um i do believe that it's out on digital and blu-ray in may so you don't have to wait super long
1: not too bad. Yeah, I love I love you know, I'm not as big of a Thai West guy as you are, but I do love Mia Goth. I loved her in Suspiria, um, the the, the Suspiria remake and Is that uh, what I know her from? Because I wasn't yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, she's she's the she's the sort of co-lead in well it's not co-lead, she's the I, I would say the most prominent female supporting role um outside of Tilda in uh the Suspiria remake. Right. Which okay. which I still like and I know not a lot of people do, but I <laughs> like that movie a lot. Um but no, I'm I'm really excited to see X. I haven't I haven't gotten to see it yet.
0: Um, what else did I see? I saw another movie that I know you saw. Maybe we'll come back to that. I've been watching a lot of Bill Pullman movies for a piece that I'm working on. So I guess the only other movie that I can really talk about is something that I know you saw, and that is Death on the Nile. The new Kenneth Branagh, Hercule Poirot, uh, murder mystery... (laughs) that just showed up on hbo max and hulu after a brief run in theaters um i was not the world's biggest fan of murder on the orient express and to be honest i'm also not the world's biggest fan of death on the nile i wasn't crazy about it these movies are not made for me i will just say that Uh, having said that, I hope they keep making them. I hope there's 20 of these goddamn things. I hope Kenneth Branagh just keeps, keeps growing that mustache out or putting on a fake mustache, whichever it is. I'm not real sure. And, uh, and directing these movies because, you know, it's like, I think I texted you their big, expensive high school plays where you get a bunch of actors Uh, who are pretty famous and you put them in a gorgeous location and the first movie was on a train and this movie it's on a boat Uh, i hope the next one is on a spaceship i don't know what the next hercule poirot mystery is i don't pay attention much to agatha christie but uh she's not hercule poirot is she yeah she is yeah yeah she is um and uh and i hope that she launches them into space
1: I, you, yeah, you texted me and you said I think you must have texted me because you saw my letterbox that I'd watched it as I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. You were like you said <laughs> I, I did not expect there to be an origin story for the mustache. Oh my which, god. No spoilers for Death on the Nile, but if you watch that movie, that the first opening sequence is this very dramatic World War One battle scene that essentially serves as a as a as an origin story for Hercule Poirot's mustache um which is is fine, like again like i no, it's I, not it, fine it's no, it's fine because this movie is as you said, a gigantic high school play like it it is just- it is so goofy and 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 I think I, we were talking back and forth about it, and it's like you know, we—I don't know if we love Kenneth Branagh, but I think we respect Kenneth Branagh, right? I mean, you know, he's Kenneth Branagh. He—he acts, he acts, he directs. He's a thespian, like sure, he's an sure, Academy Award winner. He's an Academy Award winner for Belfast, because sure, I guess. <laughs> um, but he and I think I texted you like he and he keeps insisting that this is what movies are like when you're watching death of the nile and it's and it's and it's gorgeous and it's got this sort of you know it's got this lighting and it's got these beautiful people and there's this murder mystery and there's all these sort of you know candid angle close-ups on him as he looks up into the into the uh you know into the camera you know there was a murder here you know we must we must investigate and he's like He's like, this is cinema. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's just sitting there on the day, just like in his little director's chair. He's like, this is cinema. I know what cinema is. Like this is. A, I want to these people, these idiots say they don't know what cinema is. I'm gonna give them cinema, and I respect that. I do because this is a big dumb movie, and like, it's not good. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> as you said, it's like I hope they keep making them because it's 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 like. It is not something that we you know we complain all the time about ip and obviously this is also ip but it's not it's not ip the way spider-man is IP. like agatha christie is not the same kind of ip right um and and it is it is it is so goofy and it but it but it i do i do find myself kind of watching it and going like all right well well what's what's she gonna say well what what did he say oh wait what bad accent is this person gonna use (laughs) exactly it's kind of like Wait, what are we doing here? What's going on? Like, where where are we? Oh, okay. Oh, well, I like Rose Leslie. Well, oh, well, that scene was bad. Wait, Russell Russell Brand is the doctor. Okay, well,
0: <laughs> why well, was Russell Brand the doctor? What about Russell Brand? Yeah, was Kenneth Branagh like? He's the perfect guy, and he's fine in the movie. It's not that yeah, he's yeah, bad not, in the movie, uh, but yeah. it's and and I guess to his credit, there's nothing of his Russell Brand energy on display.
1: No, he's very subdued. dude.
0: But that's why I don't understand how he was cast. What was it about him that well, made kind of <laughs> Branagh say, "Well, I gotta have that guy"? You know,
1: it's like, well, and Benning has some painting to do, and I guess that's interesting. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I just everybody's it, getting like,
0: work. That's why I hope they keep making these every- movies because a lot of like adult actors are getting work, and I appreciate that they don't have really parts to play; they just have accents to do. Yeah. And I just kept thinking of the episode of The Office where they do the murder mystery dinner (laughs) because that's what this feels like. Jenna
1: Fisher is holding finger guns at everybody. Yes. And someone's
0: playing like big Mama Juju and (laughs) Michael Scott is Hercule Poirot. And uh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. We just talked about the best way.
1: We just talked about you know uh uh I've already forgotten the name of the movie the, the bubble. bubble, baby the, the, the bubble being completely rudderless, so this one has a strong rudder, a literal rudder and it's going in no direction
0: <laughs> like it's it takes like, an hour for the death takes, on the Nile,
1: yeah. But but again, as I said before about it's like Brano's a director, man, he's just like, I'm a director, and I'm directing this movie. This is a movie, you're gonna watch it. I'm like, Alright, I guess I'm gonna watch it. You know, like, again, like I'm, <laughs> I'm held hostage by this movie, and it's not gonna let me go until I discover who committed the death on the Nile. I
0: hope they keep making more of them.
1: I'll watch every one of them on HBO Max. I uh, can't
0: promise them. that I will, but I hope with that price. they're there for me to skip past.
1: Paid subscription. I will definitely watch it.
0: i think the batman's like what's going to end up happening is the batman is going to show up on hbo max before i've gotten a chance to go see it and that's going to be a bummer
1: still haven't seen the batman
0: i still i just now you've been busy yeah Yeah, i
1: was gonna say you've been kind of (laughs) busy
0: i raced out to see x before i was really feeling 100 percent better because i was like this thing's going to be gone from theaters if i wait until i'm all the way recovered i figured i had a little more time with the batman
1: you got time for the batman it'll be
0: fine but that yeah. means I haven't been able to watch the reserved seating video yet because you guys
1: are all spoilery on there. I actually think in the final version of that, we don't really spoil very much. Oh, well, then so, I'll watch it. Yeah, I think you're probably fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, anything else we need to talk about?
1: I don't think so. Uh I think we just need to talk about uh Bruno. I think we need to get into uh we need to catch a little excitement.
0: Let's talk Looper from two thousand twelve, Ryan Johnson's follow-up. This was sort of his his big studio debut. Uh I mean Brothers Bloom was a studio movie, but it was more of like a studio indie. And so Looper is kind of his big studio debut working with movie stars and uh like bruce willis and this is ultimately the movie that leads to him getting uh the star wars movie yeah
1: i'm not familiar with that star wars movie i don't know
0: <laughs>
1: did he did he did he make a star wars movie i'll was tell that... you what
0: i only got one one tweet that was like just keep him away from star Wars." because i tweeted out something about looper and how good it is yeah And I only got one person saying, like, just keep him away from Star Wars, which is bananas to me, because I do think, like, I know you're a a giant uh, Last Jedi fan. Yep. And I am, too. It's probably my second favorite Star Wars movie. Sure. After Empire Strikes Back, I think. Right? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Uh, I mean that's up to you, buddy. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm trying to remember other
0: Star Wars. It's my movies third, It's <laughs> my
1: third favorite. I mean, there's there's it's third for me. There's 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 Empire, and then there's Star Wars, uh, and then there's Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah um, if, know, if, but... if 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 uh, I know Return of the Jedi fans out there are cringing right now, and I love Jedi deeply, um, but uh, if most of the cast of of Star Wars had anything to do in the back half of Return of the Jedi, it would be a better movie. But um, what I love about the Last Jedi is about it because it's about how being a star wars fan is really hard <laughs> it sucks <Yeah. laughs> and a lot of star wars is really frustrating to deal with and, and 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 fandom and all those things and and it's also pretty great so anyway
0: i think if we had gotten a better third installment people might be kinder to last jedi
1: yeah if we had gotten duel of the fates uh which right. is really weird for me to be defending a chris terrio film but uh, <laughs> i read I, re- I read that script and it wasn't bad
0: and we talked about that on Last Action
1: Hero. Is that where we talked about that? I think so. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So go yeah, back it's... and listen to that podcast yeah. or read Rob's article.
1: Yeah, I wrote. I wrote a couple. I'm still. I'm still working on that. But somebody asked me the other day, "Are you going to do more of those uh, unproduced script uh, columns?" And um, I am. I there's a couple uh, that I'm actually kind of reading now. So I will. I will give. I'll do more of those. Thank nice. you for asking. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Um, so Looper is great, and Looper is. I, you know, to sort of talk about the 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 Bruce Willis of it all. Not that we need to start there, but I remember even in two thousand twelve when Looper came out, there being some discussion about like, well, this feels like Bruce Willis is dialed in again. Um, so he was already at a point in his career where maybe he was openly dissatisfied on stuff like Cop Out, having nothing to do with his illness, as far as I know. I don't think he was diagnosed as far back as two thousand twelve. Um, but, uh, he, he feels dialed in in a way in looper that he hadn't maybe in a few previous movies and then certainly hasn't in many movies since I know Moonrise Kingdom, I think came out after this and he's great in Moonrise Kingdom. Um, and he's good in other stuff. I'm not saying this is his only good performance in the 2010s, but, uh, this is some great Bruce Willis.
1: Is this? I mean, this and Moonrise Kingdom both come out in 2012. Is this the last great Bruce Willis year?
0: For a year, yeah, I would say because he hasn't even done a ton of studio stuff since then. Um, I mean, he does Glass, right? But not much. I'm gonna pull
1: up his he does IMDb. The, he does the Death Wish remake, which I and don't some- hate. I'm um, talking – I'm t- trying to think of big yeah. Bruce Willis – not Redbox, but like big, right, right, big right. Bruce Willis studio vehicles. I think. I mean I was looking at it and I was like I think this is – this and Moonrise Kingdom I think are the last – Yeah, so
0: 2012 might be the last –
1: Bruce performances.
0: The last and, you know,
1: And one of the things that made it so difficult to talk about you know, in, in terms of uh, our sort of – well, I'll speak for myself. My little mia culpa when it comes to his illness is like – his, you know, his his reputation for a while had kind of been like, look, you you gotta get him. Like, if he doesn't care, he's not gonna care. Right. And right, and right, right. and he'll do paycheck movies and all that stuff. And he's got this attitude about it. Ryan Johnson has nothing. I watched the commentary with uh, for Looper today. Ryan Johnson's got nothing but good things to say about him. Um. He doesn't doesn't speak a lot about him personally, but he does speak a lot about his inventiveness, about that he worked out a lot of his action choreography himself, that he ad-libbed a couple of the the movie's best lines, um, and that he was he was great to work with. So, you know, I think I think Rodriguez said Robert Rodriguez said like you know everything he had been told about Willis was that if if he respects you, then he'll give you what he's got, and if he doesn't, then he's gonna cash a paycheck. Um and it does feel as though I mean I feel like with this and with and with Moonrise Kingdom they're the they're the la- I would just I just rewatched Moonrise Kingdom I've been on a Wes Anderson kick, um and he's he's brilliant in that movie I mean he's has a supporting role in that film but he's mm-hmm. I mean he's he's wonderful in that movie, um yeah he's wonder and he's wonderful in this
0: he is wonderful in this uh Kevin Smith has kind of talked about it and I think Adam Risky has codified it a little bit talking about like his lens test where on the first day he was asking Kevin Smith about what lens are you using? And Kevin Smith sort of jokingly self-deprecatingly, he's like, what? I don't know shit about lenses. Right. And from that point forward, Bruce Willis was like, all right, fuck this. This is like a paycheck job. I'm not going to take this seriously because this director doesn't know his shit. And
1: which this... to be fair is fair. Sure. I think, I think it's fair as an actor. Like, right. I'm not speaking as an actor, but like for an actor, I think that's fair. Yeah. I'm, and, and I love Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith knows I love Kevin Smith. But like, that's fair. <laughs> like, like that's, that's not that's I mean, it's it's, it's 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 kind of a dick move, but it's not, an <laughs> un, you know, an actor. An actor is required to give a lot of themselves. You know, it's a very vulnerable profession, you know, so I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I don't I, I don't. I actually kind of stand up for Bruno on that one.
0: Here's a serious question for you. Why don't I dislike cop out more?
1: Because Cop Out's heart is in the right place. It's got Tracy Morgan. <laughs> all right, all it's right. trying. It's not a good movie, but it's trying. Like, it's not. It's not good, but it's not like unwatchable. You know. Yeah, that's it's, my it's, feeling.
0: It's... it's I. I can put on Cop Out, and and it's not great, but like. No. I have such an affinity for like 80s buddy cop movies, and it becomes yeah. very clear very early, just even when he got Harold Faltermeyer to do the score. It's like, oh, Kevin Smith has that same affinity.
1: That same love, yeah.
0: Right. And so it's even tra- though.
1: It's Tracy Morgan. It's Bruce Willis. I mean, come on. Like, you know, you know yeah. there are worse things in the world. You could be watching The Bubble. I would much rather watch Cop Out than The Bubble.
0: 100%. Yeah. But back to Looper.
1: Hey, hey, Patrick. <laughs> hey, Joseph. It's me. It's me. Yeah. You've been on uh, Hit Record lately? Uh, <laughs> remember when I invented YouTube before YouTube? <laughs>
0: uh, I'm sure I said something about this in 2012 because this is one of those movies that, like, we're going to go way back, you know, and do a, a movie on a, or a show on a 10 year old movie. And yet our website has been around so long that, like, we existed when Looper came out, you know? So we've talked about Looper before, never on a podcast, except for maybe our Best of the Year podcast. But we've never, you know, devoted an episode to Looper. But, like, I'm sure I said this back in 2012 when Looper came out on the podcast or on our Best of the Year podcast. I would have been fine accepting that Joseph Gordon-Levitt grew up to be Bruce Willis without the prosthetics,
1: so, all right. So here we go. All right, here, now we're now now we're in it. Now we're in it. It's, uh, me, it's me, Joseph. Oh, hey,
0: Joseph. I loved Don John. <laughs>
1: so this is the same year as Don John, I think, or maybe the Don John comes out the year after. I feel like Don John was is a t- little bit later. All right, but... so two. Right, yeah, so two things. All right. Well, I know he mentions in the commentary that he shot Don John right after shooting this, so maybe the release years are different. But, um, so a couple of things. One. Uh there it it's weird that there was that time where Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like the new hotness. Like do you remember that when like Joseph Gordon-Levitt was going to be yeah, like and and I I'm not I you know, I I he was the kid from Third Rock. Like I remember Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't dislike Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We'll talk about some things I like about him. Um but it is it is interesting to watch this now knowing that he was sort of one of those young men who was poised as kind of Hollywood's next big thing, you know, as a writer producer, he was like shadowing Chris Nolan and there was all these rumors about who he was going to be a great director and all that. And I mean, I, I don't wish him any ill will. I hope he does. I hope he does great things in the future coming up. Um, but it was just an interesting time capsule to be watching this. You going know, like, I remember when like he was everywhere, like he was, it was everything, you know? Um, the second thing is about the makeup. I don't hate it. I don't need it. I I understand why Johnson felt like he should do it. I, I, and, and, and that's the thing. And he's very – Ryan Johnson is one of my favorite directors. I understand he's not for everybody. I understand that he's a little bit full of himself and he's a little bit uh, needlessly convoluted in his storytelling sometimes. And I totally understand that. The man writes the theme, not the plot, which is something I really respect. But I understand it can be sometimes really difficult. Um, and he confesses, like, he's like, look, I, 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 again, I just watched the commentary track. He's like, look, I made a bunch of mistakes on this movie. I don't necessarily know that I would make this, this movie again, this way. Like I, I did this, I would like to redo it this way. I think this was okay, but it, maybe we could have clipped this here and maybe this and that. And he doesn't talk a lot about the makeup, but they, but they, they, he and Joseph Gordon Levitt on the commentary track were kind of just like, look, I don't know. It was like, we made the decision to do it and we did it and we leaned into it and it is what it is. I, I, I don't think we needed it. But I also am not – this isn't Batman's nipples. You know what I mean? Like it's not – I don't think it's – to me it's not something that fundamentally ruins the movie.
0: No, I would never make the case that it ruins the movie. It's just I find it needlessly distracting for more of the runtime than it should be. You know what I mean? Like even when I settle into it, then there will be a shot or an angle or he'll do a voice that will somehow call attention to it and I'll be like, oh, right. He's (laughs) – Really trying to play Bruce Willis. And in a lot of ways, I think he does a good job of playing young Bruce Willis. Um, Although nowhere, nowhere is he running a detective agency, which I was like, that's what young Bruce Willis is supposed to be doing.
1: One hundred percent, because obviously we all know, we, we all know what no, he should be doing as young Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, no, I I think that um I think that it the you know the diner scene specifically, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. You know, is very much the time where you're looking at them both in profile and you're going like, oh, I can kind of see why they felt like they had to do this, <laughs> but at the same time, but but at the same time, he's doing such a good you know, and and, and apparently according to Joseph Weiland, Willis said to him like, look, you you sound, I mean, you're doing good, man. You sound like me. Like it sounds, you know, it's nice. Um, it's nice I think he said like it's nice to be imitated you know which is kind of cool Um, which if I was an actor playing young Bruce Willis I would be over the moon about you know so sure. I'm sure Joseph Gordon-Levitt was really happy about that but yeah it's not something that the movie needed Um, I find myself not I think and, and we'll talk about this the whole idea of him being the the movie is stylized in a way where it's got that Blade Runner thing it's got that sort of future noir cyberpunk thing and I think I can kind of forgive it a little bit um, because, you know, Jeff Daniels talks a little bit in the film about like, well, Jeff Daniels' character talks about you know these 20th century affectations and like you 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 and your ties and this young man (laughs) shit. Like I kind of like fold that into the into the makeup where I'm kind of like, yeah, he's trying to like stylize himself in a way that's not really naturalistic. And for some reason in my brain, the Bruce Willis prosthetic just sort of goes into that category and I just leave it alone. Yeah, but it's not. It's certainly something I can understand. Takes people out of the movie, hundred percent.
0: What all do we know about Jeff Daniels in this movie? Mm, I remember there okay. being a, a rumor when he came out. When when he came out, when the movie came out, um, there were a lot of people theorizing that he was Kid Blue
1: in the future. He one hundred percent is Kid Blue in the future. 100%. He one hundred percent is. One hundred percent is Kid Blue in the future. He is a hundred percent the Noah Sagan character as an older man. Um, it's not confirmed in the movie. Okay, not, not and when and, and and Ryan Johnson does not talk about it he talks he 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 came very close again i I know it's annoying i I was just listening to the commentary track today he comes very close in the commentary to saying that they're the same character but he pulls back he catches himself and pulls back a little bit and goes like oh i really enjoy the uh relationship he plays with with jeff daniels um because of the subtext so he kind of alludes to it but he doesn't ever say it out loud no i to me 100 and we're i guess we're jumping right in here yeah um he is uh, the, the Abe character is 100% the Kid Blue character in the future sent back to do a job that is essentially a nothing job. Right. Uh, Joe says, Joe, Joe Joseph Gordeland's character, Joe, says that. Abe runs the loopers because it's a low risk, low reward job. It doesn't require much and because he was so bored with the job, that's when he re- he recruits the gatmen and takes control of the city and he says like well in any other city it would be impressive. Like I mean this movie takes place in I think Wichita, Kansas or Kansas City or something like it's like it's 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 rural noir. It's like Fargo. Um and it is uh and he says like you know it's not really that impressive. And to me, considering so much of the movie is about what it's about it's it's the kid blue character is constantly trying to win the affirmation of himself in the future Mm -hmm. he's angry jeff daniels is angry because he was so worthless because he fucked everything up because he was so bad at his job that he got sent back in time to do this useless job stay out of everybody's way just run the loopers it's very easy it's idiot proof and he now is forced to confront himself every day. And so much of this movie is about dealing with your younger self Right. <laughs> and being like, oh, my God, but you are so stupid. Like, mm-hmm. what is wrong with you? Like, it's so much of this movie is just like I just want to go back and punch the 25-year-old version of myself in the face. Like, I can't <laughs> believe how dumb you are. And so to me, knowing how Johnson writes, he writes the theme and this movie, that theme fits in with that character. It's never confirmed. It's never 100 percent. But to me, there's so much more evidence in the the text to suggest that is the case than not. Okay, that he is that he is, you know, like constantly critical of Kid Blue. He is constantly giving him a hard time because like that version of him is the reason he's there. It's the reason he got sent back in time to live in this place in time that is not, you know, as 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 maybe good or as prosperous as the time he was living in, in the future. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about economics in this movie about America versus China. He says, I'm from the future. Go to China. China is apparently, <laughs> you know, China is very prosperous and all that. So maybe he was living in Shanghai the way that Joe does um, and, and got sent back. To run the loopers because he was so worthless because he's still that kid with the with the you know flipping the revolver around and shooting himself in the foot and I, I just think I think there's so much evidence here to suggest both in the text and in the theme that it's that they're the same character.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. I just found myself looking for like specific proof like in the scene where they break his hand or whatever he does to his hand I was waiting for right. something to happen to Jeff Daniels' hand and nothing does so I was like well then they can't be the same character right but that's or stupid. maybe it was I mean, just
1: yeah well the movie the movie does go out of its way I mean that's what I think is so brilliant about the diner scene is the movie does two very specific things in almost in sequence there's the Paul Dano sequence where we see right. the direct causal relationship between what happens in the future and what happens in the past, the whole, the whole storytelling mechanic of we've got the younger version of yourself. We're going to start cutting off his arms and legs until you return to us. That whole thing, which I think is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and shows that there is a direct connection in that sort of time loopy way, that linear time loopy way between the future and the past. Then there's the sort of hazy memory thing that Bruce Willis talks about where he's like, look, the longer we, the longer I'm here, the more, like, I can remember the things that you do after you do them, but not before. Right. So that's a little wrinkle in the time loop. But what he says is like, look, I don't want to talk about it. There's no <laughs> rules. <It's> like, <laughs> right. because, and that's Johnson very specifically saying to his audience, like, this is not a movie about time travel. Yeah. Like, that's not what this is. Yeah. I don't want you to pay attention. I'm going to use those mechanics. I'm going to use those little tropes and stuff as I see fit. But this movie, and this is kind of my thesis, this movie is about how little boys look of their mommy and they need their mommy (laughs) and 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 so much of this movie is just like little boys who just want the love of their mommies Mm -hmm. um and 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 that's what he wants you to focus on so he will use the storytelling tropes of time travel um but he's he does not want in any way for us to fixate on them
0: yeah i find sometimes it's hard not to Uh, when, especially when the movie is calling attention to specific things like that, when the movie is saying has a whole sequence devoted to the consequences of the past affect the future, you know, specifically with the Paul Dano stuff, which is an amazing sequence. And like, I, I also
1: the, also the end of the movie, right? The the climax (laughs) of the film is, is, is the same mechanic.
0: Right. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it's like I'm I, I, I I'm not somebody who gets bogged down in... Every once in a while, I will try to think about stuff in this movie or in any time travel movie. But wait, if we do this, doesn't that right. mean... Blah, 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 how does that work? Which... How many loops has it been? Because there's one where Bruce Willis lives and one where he dies, you know, and it's like... And then I think of the line in the diner. Anytime I start to do that, right. I'm like, "Oh right, it doesn't matter because it's a fucking <laughs> and, movie."
1: And and Young Joe says to him, "Like, well, look, you've done this all as me, right? Like, right. don't you know what's going to?" And he's kind of like, "Well, yeah, kind of." And then he brings up the point about the wife, which apparently, according to Ryan Johnson, the actors actually worked out on the day because they were asking him those questions, and they were like, "All right, well, let's just put that in the movie." The idea of like, "Look, just show me the picture of the girl, I'll avoid her." Like, right. we can we can fix this right, right. now, right? It's 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 I, I just won't marry that girl. Show me the picture, like you know. But but Bruce refuses to because it's not about that, right? You know what I mean? It's not about that. It's about something very different. So, um, God, I mean, since we're already talking about it, that diner scene, if we're if we're if we're talking about Bruce, his I mean his best moment in this movie is is a, I and I've seen this movie a, a, a billion times. I love this movie. I've watched it. So much. The scene where he explains the wife, the moment in the scene, in the diner scene, where he explains his wife to young his younger self, where he looks at her. He looks at his younger self. And he's like, you know, shut your kid mouth and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And he's like, all right, well, who's this girl? Like, blah, blah, blah. Because he remembers himself. He remembers the way he thought about and he looks at his younger self and he goes, she's going to save your life. Yeah and 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 he looks at him with this like disdain and i mean just thinking about it makes me want to cry like it's just so profound like it's 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 great writing and it's great acting like he's so and and again i go i go to this 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 thing about like so much of the movie is just like looking at yourself as a younger person and i don't i don't know i'm sure it's you know universal doesn't matter about gender and stuff like that but i could just say like thinking of myself like and just wanting to just look at my younger self and say like god just oh you just don't get it yet. like (laughs) what is god you don't get it like i wish i could tell you you know and then so much of this movie is like he's like you don't understand she's like she's gonna save your life she's gonna save your worthless life like you don't even understand And that's so that's that gravitas that he brings to it i know it's kind of cheesy to say it like that but willis is so good when he when he doesn't have to say a lot, like he's he's good at delivering dialogue, obviously, but like so much of it is just the look. So much of it is the looks he gives his younger self, the way he kind of dismisses his behavior. It's like shut, like don't, don't like, and 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 the way he looks at himself, you know, he looks at himself and he knows, like when he's like, are, you know, are we eating, you know, in that scene where mm-hmm. he, the, you know, he looks at the looks at the girl and he, he tells himself like, hey, you know, uh, you wrote Beatrice, you know, Beatrix on your. You there's another girl who works there named Jen. Like, that would have been fewer letters, so kind of better. You know, like, he's kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's just because, like, I'm a teacher, or maybe it's because I just, I feel that way about myself so much, where I'm just like, you know, idiot. Like, you could have done this a lot differently. <laughs> <laughs> that Beatrice thing, but Beatrice thing, by the way, is brilliant, and I feel like not enough people give that gag credit. Because I went back, and I rewatched the the, the uh, Paul Dano thing, and he very specifically names her Beatrix for a reason. Because it's it the in the uh previous version with Paul Dano, it's B at something something street. And so when Bruce Willis pulls his sleeve down and he sees B A, he it cuts back to him rolling his eyes and going like, ah oh, shit. Right. They call me. But the the under the movie undercuts that the movie doesn't draw attention to it. But this on this rewatch, that's something that really stood out to me where where Johnson is playing a trick on the audience a little bit. And it's like, no 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 it's it's okay. It's 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 you know we're still good. I want you to just meet me at this diner,
0: <laughs> the the bruce willis thing again you know we'll we'll talk about him on and off throughout this episode i'm sure a because he's so instrumental to this movie and b because of just all of what's come out in the last week or two um you know i think it's forgotten that he's a really good actor because he's such a good star okay. and he got onto a star track pretty early He does, in the 90s, still do roles where he's acting, whether it's Pulp Fiction or Nobody's Fool with Paul Newman, if you've ever seen that. He doesn't even take a credit in that movie. Like, he just wanted to act. Um, But he became such such a good star, specifically when it came to action, that he could open a movie, he could sell a movie, he could carry you through a movie. And I think of something like Striking Distance, which is a crazy movie that I like, but, you know, Bruce Willis doesn't do a lot of acting in it. He's just sort of there being Bruce Willis. Um, and then I think of something like Looper where he has not a ton of dialogue and so much of it is just this quiet intensity and desperation and sadness that he carries with him through all of his, you know, stuff in the, in the future present. Um, and it just reminds me of what a good actor he is in addition to being a good star
1: yeah he's great and i think knowing what to say knowing what not to say like johnson talked in a commentary about how he had reams of dialogue for this character and realized as willis has said about other projects he's been in where it's just like this is chaffa like get this out we don't need this i can do this i can do this with a look you don't need this and he's right and
0: that's the kind of smart shit that like not everybody's able to do that not everybody's able to give up Pages of dialogue for themselves, you know, like uh, as we learned watching the bubble, Karen Gillan wants all the dialogue (laughs) and not everybody's able to give all that up and know that like, oh, I can sell that with this one thing that, you know, is money in the bank.
1: Did you see Duel yet? No, not yet. Okay, all right. I I, I think I, I this is one of the movies I wrote about for this week, so my my review may have come up. I'm not sure yet, but um, it will be. I, it, she's in she's in a very very good movie uh, uh called Duel uh where she plays two versions of herself, which is maybe it's it's on the fast track for my favorite movie of the year. Um, so I, I, I put on the bubble being like, all right, I you know what, I'm on a little bit of a Karen Gillan run. Like let's 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 give this a chance. But oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, back to Looper. Back to Looper um this is this is by the way a uh reunion uh, uh between jeff daniels and joseph gordon levitt uh and i realized uh the watching this that the lookout the scott frank movie oh gosh, was, i forget was, the lookout that's a was good one movie. of the was one of my very first columns yeah it was like the fourth column i ever wrote that uh, weirdly for, is a movie that doesn't exist even though it's really it, good it, it is kind of a movie that doesn't exist but I love it. I think it's really good. It is. Um, if any, if anybody hasn't seen Scott Frank's film The Lookout, um, it's really really good.
0: And I feel like it's a little hard to come by now because of the whole Miramax thing.
1: Yeah, it is a problem.
0: Um I'm going to look I, I it up. I have it
1: on Yeah, I have it on DVD, but I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Yeah. Um, Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels and and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are it's kind of a two-hander and they're both really good in it.
0: Um, I mean, uh, you can get a DVD for under 20 bucks. You can get a Blu ray for under 30. Weirdly enough, there's a double feature DVD you can get for 20 bucks with The Hostage uh, starring Bruce Willis, which is mm-hmm. a movie I only saw once uh, in I've theaters, never... so I can't remember if it was good or not.
1: I don't think I've seen it.
0: Okay. Um, You know what I discovered watching Looper as I took the plastic off of my Looper Blu-ray in order to watch (laughs) it?
1: You've never watched
0: it? I hadn't seen it since 2012.
1: Damn. Yeah.
0: I saw it in theaters, loved it, put it on my 10 best list, have not revisited it in 10 years.
1: And I think we talked about that before, because we've talked about doing a Looper show for a while, and I think it, when you asked me, like, do you want to do a show this week, I was like, all right, I think it should be a Bruno, definitely, yeah. you know, let's, and I was like, just, it's got to be Looper, it's, that fits my bullshit, that fits the time. <laughs> um, you, yeah, I, I didn't really know, honestly, going into the show, I wasn't really sure if you still, like, loved it, if it was still something that, you know, if it was still a movie that really worked for you or not, I'm glad to hear that it is. No, I love it,
0: it's that kind of, like, grounded sci-fi that I really love, yeah. um, and I understand people maybe not having the patience for it because about an hour in it turns into just this drama on a farm.
1: Turns into the Terminator. <laughs> there's a whole, there's, we haven't talked about Emily Blunt yet. No. She's brilliant. She's brilliant in this movie. Yeah, but the movie kind of becomes – it like, starts as Blade Runner, then it becomes the Terminator, and then it does all kinds of other things. So it's pretty good.
0: Um, I think at the time there was some pushback that like the whole movie wasn't the first hour. Uh, which is weird that there would be pushback against a Ryan Johnson movie. And yet, here we are. (laughs) Somehow, I had tweeted out that after I rewatched this movie, or possibly while I was rewatching this movie, that I think Looper is one of the five best science fiction movies of the last 20 years, maybe one of the best three, maybe the best one. And I got lots of uh, no, it isn't. And I got some, like, (laughs) uh, I got some. Very astute. Astute
1: film twitter uh.
0: i got lots of other suggestions for what the best ones are lots of those um, oh
1: lots of lots of lots of what about
0: oh lots well, of what, what about? about yeah well
1: what about well what about no i i've seen those movies yeah. I, I i've seen them that's i, I understand what i'm doing <laughs> i no had, I had other
0: movies in my head which is why i said top five i didn't yeah. immediately come out and say it's the best one because i'm like no it could be X Machina, it could be Arrival. There are other movies that it could be. I'm not willing to say this is hands down the best one. But it's in the conversation, I think. I don't know what, what your feelings are on that.
1: Ex Machina, a uh, previous episode. Please previous go
0: episode. Go and
1: check out our episode on Arrival
0: never will be an episode.
1: Arrival will never be an episode. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did write a very positive review of Arrival. Yes, it's a great I movie. Not, I have not watched it since. I
0: will well, my... not be re- re-watching it. It's too goddamn sad.
1: Yeah, I own it. Uh, I'm very happy to own it on Blu-ray. I'm very happy to have it in the collection, but uh, it'll be a while before you watch that one. Um, it'll be a
0: while?
1: No, I. Well, I love Looper. Um, I, I would, yeah, I was actually, that was a kind of a superlative. I wasn't even, I didn't see your tweet until just now, so I, um, I wasn't sure that that was okay. I didn't know if I felt qualified to say that, but no, I, I, it's, it's very, very, uh not many sci-fi movies of the last 20 years can i think of that are in the same rank not at all uh top five 100 for sure because it does so many things that other yes other side yeah, yes there's there's some blade runner in here there's some anime in here there's some uh terminator in here there's some akira there's some this and that and all those things and all those things are true but you know It also does so many interesting things. Again, I said before, like this movie is about little boys who love their mom. And 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 I think it's so much of science fiction is that what if, you know, what if there was this technology? What if there was that technology? And I love the way the movie (laughs) I love the way the movie cuts away, uh, interrupts Joe. And in the opening was like time travel has not yet been invented. 30 years from now. And then he goes to explain that to Emily Blunt. And she's like, yeah, you're a looper. I got it. Like, I understand. (laughs) Uh, And there's a whole un... Speaking of Kid Blue and whether or not he's Jeff Daniels, there's a whole thing with her character. Because one of the major unresolved questions of the story is how does she know what loopers are? Um, There's some stuff about maybe... Sid's dad is a looper. Maybe there's maybe she's a looper. There's lots of different things that if there's less evidence in the text, so I don't go too far into it because that kind of becomes extra, extra textual to me. I don't really I I don't really care. um But that's all we like to talk about now when we talk yeah, about movies. Well, oh, that's true. Yeah. What's not
0: on screen? What's not in the movie?
1: Yeah, but I but I do think that there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of evidence there to suggest. But the <clears> important part to me is like yes there's these interesting technologies but as Willis says in the film like it, it's not that's not what it's about the movie is the thesis in the beginning it's, it's him it's Joe and Piper Parabo at the beginning um, where he wants <laughs> he wants his hair stroked and she won't do it you know, she, he wants he wants affection from her, you know, and she she's a woman who, you know, for whom he's paying for her time, you know, uh, in terms of affection yeah um and won't give genuine affection. And she's like, look, let's just stick to, you know, what we're here for. Let's stick to six to this exchange. Um, and so much of the movie is kind of about that urge for that kind of affection, that urge for, you know, Joe wants something like that from someone in his life his life is very empty he's incredibly hedonistic the whole movie is his you know his drug addiction and all that and, and so much kind of about the sort of um the ways in which he's not dealing with that in a in a, in a good way which is why the wife's you know, he says you know she's going to save your life right. she's going to clean you up and all that and obviously the rainmaker character the young boy who lost his mother from an early age uh and is 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 not feeling that maternal affection um even with Kid Blue and and the Jeff Daniels character, there's so much of that the father figure, him wanting his father's approval. So it goes into the father as well. But you know, little boys loving their mom. You know, it's 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 I uh, you know I, I I'm a, I'm used to be a little boy. Some would say I'm still a little boy. Um, uh, you know, I'm a little boy who loves his mom. Mom, if you're listening, I love you. Um, <laughs> Wait, does she listen? I, she might. <laughs> she 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 skips the Rob episodes. <laughs> <laughs> She's a big fan. She's a big fan of Adam, not so much of me. Um, but but uh, there, no, there's that whole that sort of undercurrent of, of like, look, this is, and at the end of the movie, when Emily Blunt strokes his hair, and it's just like it's that's what he wants, you know. That's he he sees that loop that that loop of like. I saw a little boy who, 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 who loses his mother and doesn't, and grows up without that affection and has that hatred in his heart and, and doesn't have anything to sustain his emotional life. And, and, and so I changed it. You know, he, that's the thing that he can do. Bruce Willis will mow through children. I mean, there's a, there's a horrible moment in this movie where Bruce Willis executes a child. Like it's, it's horrifying. Um, especially considering it's a character that we've invested in and, 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 and you see the lengths to which he will go for this revenge on this mother figure. That I mean, it's his wife, but also there's an element to which she's a mother figure. Um, so much of those thematics like are, are so important to the movie, and that's 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 what to me that's what makes this. A great sci-fi movie it's not necessarily like the time travel logistics and stuff it's that so much of it and this is what johnson is good at even if sometimes his storytelling suffers because of it he is his allegiance is to theme his allegiance is to i'm going to put as much to support this theme as i possibly can in the movie and every character it kind of rotates back to that and that's what i really love about this even even i mean even the emily blunt character to an extent you know she's trying to it's kind of unclear about like oh it's the sister it's my, my sister took care of the son and there's evidence again, kind of extra evidence to suggest that maybe she's not really Sid's mom, but it seems as though she is, and there, it's got some kind of back and forth but, but still it's that urge for affection, it's that urge right. for like, look in these hedonistic times in this time where the world is falling apart and they're doing drugs and all that. It's just like I just want somebody to stroke my hair you
0: know? <laughs> that's all looper is.
1: That's all Looper is. It's about a movie about a dude who wants a lady to stroke his hair. I don't see. I, people get all rambunctious about Ryan Johnson films. I don't understand it. I don't understand. It's very simple. Piper, Last Jedi. Last Jedi is just about how it's hard to be a Star Wars fan. Like these are very simple things. Like, Piper
0: Parabo like, could have fixed everything.
1: Piper Parabo. Well, there's 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 a theory out there that Piper Parabo and Emily Blunt are the same character. What? Which which I don't see, but I can appreciate Looper heads out there who want to push that.
0: How yeah. does that work?
1: I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, again, this is not, I'll, I'll, I'll back up the kid blue thing. This that is one the extra textual shit
0: that I'm talking about. Like this doesn't yeah. make any sense. You can't just say things that, about me, a movie.
1: Right. You, well, that's true. You can't just say things, but yeah, no, with the kid blue thing, I think there's lots of evidence in the text. I, I agree with that. In the text for, for, no. I don't think there's evidence for, for the other thing. Why wasn't Piper um, Perbo a bigger star?
0: I mean, I know this every every week this happens on the show where we bring up some some Hollywood actress and we're like, hey, how come she didn't get a fair shake? And ultimately comes down to because Hollywood is a horrible place for women and, you know, gives them maybe two years. But, you know, you go to like the year 2000. And she has uh, Coyote Ugly, and she's got The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, and she's got a movie called Lost and Delirious around the same time. So Coyote Ugly is like, look, she can carry a shitty Jerry Bruckheimer high-concept movie where she has to, like, dance on a bar and play a songwriter. Lost and Delirious is like, look, she can actually act, and I remember Roger Ebert being a big proponent of that movie. Uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle is just like, look, she can also act opposite (laughs) green screen. Um, but she seemed like she could do a lot of different things. And then I know she was on that USA show covert affairs for a couple of seasons. I think I reviewed one season of it. So I've probably seen more of it than I think I have, but like, I wasn't a, a watcher of that show. But when she popped up in Looper, I was just like, oh, right. Why is she, you know, she's she's got her prestige character here where it's just like she exists for she's one or two friend. scenes. Yeah. She's the thing that like the male character loves and then she's taken
1: out of the movie. She's not quite fridged the way she is in the prestige, but it's close. She's pretty fridged, isn't she?
0: Yeah, well, I guess by the end of the movie she kind of is. Doesn't Bruce Willis end
1: up killing her? Yeah, but it, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's close. It's not the same story function, but I agree with you. Yes. Okay. I, I just mean, it, I mean it's not the inciting incident of the film. Correct. You know I mean? in, Correct. In that, in that way, yeah.
0: that would be if she played his wife in the future. Right. That would be. Oh right. <laughs> <it's all> god. <gone. laughs> <laughs> um, it just, just made me sad that she didn't have a bigger career. That's all.
1: For sure. Yeah. No. It's and it's, it doesn't look like I was just looking at her IMDb. It doesn't look like there's too much. Um. Uh, too much of note. Well, because since...
0: I, I just watched Angel Has Fallen a couple of weeks ago, and she pops up as, like, Gerard Butler's wife, and she has to be, like, concerned. Right. And that's what the kinds of roles she's getting now. And I'm like, hey, I'm old enough to remember when
1: she was leading movies. I'm hoping that she just doesn't need to work. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, maybe. She, she's got a lot of TV on here. Maybe there's enough residuals where she can just kind of relax, okay. which is nice. I hope so. Um, what do you think... I was I was watching this and I was I was thinking of Paul Dano and how Paul Dano will just show up as like a seventies character actor like he's got one of those (laughs) like he he's got that energy you know what I mean he'll just show up in a movie like this what do you think of Paul Dano generally
0: I think Paul Dano always um, to use a a colloquialism of today's youth I think Paul Dano understands the assignment Mm. I think Paul Dano and now I haven't seen. Um, what was that movie that he directed that you really liked? Wildlife?
1: Wildlife. Great movie.
0: I still haven't seen it. So I think there's more to Paul Dano than I have been exposed to. But I think every time Paul Dano shows up in a movie, I think he understands not only his function in the movie, but I think he understands his relationship to the audience. I think Paul Dano knows that a lot of people have a problem with him. uh, And I think he plays into that a lot of times. Sure. I think even in Looper, and this was before, I think, Paul Dano was really uh, the punching bag that he has become. Um, but I think even in Looper, he understands a little bit that, like, there's a subsection of the audience that's really going to enjoy me getting all my limbs and nose cut off.
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> so, and I haven't seen the Batman, so I don't know anything about his
1: Riddler yet. There's there's too much of him in the Batman. There could have been a little less. Okay. but. But I'm, yeah, I'm a huge fan of wildlife, the film that he wrote and directed, um, with his wife, uh, or are they married yet? Um, what's her name? Yeah. I remember uh, you're talking about. Uh, Kazan, right? Yeah. Uh, Zoe Kazan. Um, Zoe Kazan. Yeah. I think they, I'm not sure if they're married yet. Um, but, uh, they wrote and directed or they wrote that together based on the novel and, um, that, that movie is really great. I think you would, I think you would, that might be a, like a you and me, like sad, like divorce movie, like oh, dad, dads, you know, that kind of movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, no, he's really good. I, I definitely agree with you. Like, I just he's just like John Cazale. Like, it just, right. it just reminded me. You know what I mean? It just reminded me of like, I'm, you know, he's a character actor. Just shows up in this movie and understands that you know he's kind of in good hands with Johnson and stuff like that. And and that I really enjoyed that quite a bit. I, I liked him a lot in this movie because he's he does have the, so much of the movie is about like. That's the other thing is this, this all these questions about like, well, why would, why would like you go online and Google like Looper logic questions? And there's just all these people online being like, well, why would the loopers, like, why do loopers even exist? Doesn't make any sense. So you go back in time and like, you you can kill people, but you you can send people back in time, but you can't kill people, and it's more illegal to do this. And it's like, doesn't doesn't matter. You're missing the point. Right. I don't want to talk about time travel. I don't want to talk about time travel. The point is that it's it's a job for hedonistic short sighted people That's right. the whole point it's right. just like no it's it's this the whole point is the, the blunderbuss is symbolism like the whole idea of this just yeah short range and there's not a lot of accuracy like these people are not forward thinking the idea is that they are sort of lost in the kind of whatever sort of economic collapse has happened in the 2040s in america and you know, it looks like there's maybe sort of i don't know really exactly what happened if the movie's not super clear on it nor does it really need to be um but it looks like America has fallen into sort of like a like a fallen Soviet state or something like that like it's got a lot of that um, texture to it, mm-hmm. so it seems like there's a lot of young guys who are aimless and directionless and that this sort of you know plays into that his character is sort of the the kind of ideal of that kind of character who doesn't think forward and you know the idea of letting like but but still even those even those sci fi concepts of like here's here's the thing where the looper goes back and does this okay but clearly the thing that interests ryan johnson is the letting your loop run thing well what happens if that doesn't happen what happens if we don't kill him you know and that's the what if that i think drives the movie in a much more interesting way than like you know straws on the table you know thinking about time travel
0: (laughs) um are you a fan of the back half of the movie where it moves locate? I mean, obviously you are a fan. I know the answer to this question, but I just, in terms of like it moving the location and kind of taking place on this farm. And it's sort of this three person drama. I mean, it continues to cut back to Bruce Willis and sort of what he's going through. And some people pay visits to the farm, ill-fated visits, RIP Garrett Dillahunt.
1: He was great in this. Sure. Really good. He's really good. I really like his scene. Um, I'm a big Deadwood guy, so I really like him a lot. Um, he, uh, yeah, no, the, the, I, I like to me. It's Terminator. It's the same thing. You know, it's that same mix of like pathos and sci fi where it's like there is that sort of, okay, you're from the future and the Terminator is coming back to, but then there's that whole, oh, the relationship between us is what's going to save the future. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the, you know, Terminator slows down, you know, for, you know, a scene that I may or may not have rewatched over, over again on VHS <laughs> when I was a kid. Like, maybe that one particular part of the VHS tape was a little bit more warm than one. I'm not say which one or why, but um, no, it's very, like, it, I think it's very much the same. And I really like Emily Blunt's character in this. I really like the way that it's not. Um, Johnson said in the commentary, like, you know, I really didn't want to make this. I didn't want people to think this was a love story between them. And mm-hmm. a lot of people misinterpreted this idea. It's not Sarah Connor and and, and Kyle Reese. No, it's not. It's, no, that's not what this is. No, it's it's him seeing himself in these characters. Right. It's him seeing himself in the, the in the uh, Emily Blunt character. It's him seeing, you know, it's that idea of like. Getting him out of that selfish like I'm gonna I'm just worried about me, including old you know, including Bruce, like the old, like you know, for all his wisdom and talking about, Oh kid, you don't know anything, Bruce Willis's version of the character is just as selfish. He's just as self involved. He wants to kill the people who killed his wife. And it's not the same thing as empathy, it's not the same thing as sacrifice, you know what I mean? It's not he's not as a noble of a thing as he thinks it is. Um So the whole idea of the Emily Blunt character, him sort of connecting with her, understanding Sid as a kid, understanding where she comes from, that she was a junkie, that she was this, that she was that, that there are these opportunities, um, even if it's not for himself. You know, this is the thing that he can do, you know, uh, frankly, (laughs) living the rest of his life as uh, after after closing his loop, um, meeting the love of his life, it didn't go well. And and it didn't end up with him in the place where he thought – because it didn't change him. At the end of the day, he was still the same guy. So when it loops back to young Joe, he can change it. He can close the loop. It's not – the loop doesn't get closed when he's an old man as Bruce will. So the loop gets closed when he sacrifices himself at the end of the film to save this kid because then none of those things happen. Right. Um, but more so it's about the fact that he 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 understands, you know, as, we, as we sort of alluded to before, he understands that this is the sacrifice that he can make for them. This is him being truly – generous and selfless not i'm going to sacrifice my whatever to save my wife it's not the same thing um so i'm a big fan of the of the of the, the tonal change in the, in the in the second half i'm a big fan of the of the farm stuff i'm a big fan of the the way the movie slows down because it still cuts we still by the way when we get to the farm we still have bruce willis on a roaring rampage of revenge to look forward to right There's and all that stuff said,
0: kicks ass I yeah mean, it's all great
1: there's still that scene where he just goes in guns blazing and, and <laughs> right. kills, all, kills all the weird, like, Amish. Right. Uh, well, no, no, I guess the Amish guys are the, the Rainmakers guys in the future. Yeah. Right? He just kills all the Gatmen right? yeah. or you know, whatever. I love, the, I love the big hats those guys have. Um,
0: <laughs> we didn't even talk about the, the whole China sequence, which alongside yeah. the Paul Dano sequence, I think is arguably one of the best in the movie, if not the best in the movie, because, again, it's all told. Visually, without any dialogue or anything, but it's all here's the the thirty years that Bruce Willis, you know, right. that Joseph Gordon Levitt turns into Bruce Willis, and here's what comes of his life before his loop is closed, and uh, it's amazing movie making.
1: The idea that he blows through all of his money and right. has to go back to, you know, right. goes to go back to being a hitman. Um, and and Johnson said that there was a lot of there was a lot more explanation that there was a lot more stuff involving the wife character and 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 you know as we alluded to before with Willis, where it's like you don't need this. I can do this with a look. I can do this with a look on my face. I don't. You don't need reams of dialogue about like, well, she wouldn't accept me because I was a killer and then I was on drugs and then she cleaned me out. Like you don't need that. I don't need. We can do this with a scene, just looking at the two of us. You know, embracing. We that's, don't need anymore. That's you know?
0: so smart. It's, and that's it's. Brilliant. What I respond to so much in Looper is just how smart it is. And, you know, all of Ryan Johnson's movies, I would say. But it's what I miss. I think a lot of times when I'm watching movies like The Bubble, what I'm missing is like intelligence behind the camera.
1: No, but but Patrick, The, the, the <laughs> Bubble the bubble has that joke about how we shouldn't play to the lowest common denominator. Um, that's right.
0: right. No, so it, that is, ab- it is smart.
1: So that absolves that movie from you know doing that right that's how that works right if you mention it that means it doesn't count anymore
0: why is judd apatow so privy to what happened on the set of jurassic world dominion i
1: don't know who cares <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to talk about
0: time travel I
1: talk about time travel anymore and sit here making straws in the shape of karen gillen and i don't want to do that john cena's in this movie don't we love john cena to be fair john cena's fine john, john cena's but, fine but he does nothing john funny in the movie it's, it's, the joke is literally
0: ridiculous. like, "Look, we got John Cena on Zoom."
1: Yeah, it's like, "Thanks, thanks, Judd. Yeah. You know a lot of famous people, right? He sure does." Yeah, that's, and now we all know that. Oh boy, Patrick, would you be uh, a blunderbuss man or a Gat man? What mm. do you like? What do you like? What do you like more? I think the blunderbuss. I think the blunderbuss is pretty cool. I like that it looks like a big cannon. Yeah, it's kind of nice. That's got a cool name, blunderbuss, which is apparently the name of like a real gun that i don't i don't know anything about guns so i don't
0: know No, i don't either but i remember at the time being like well why did he have to make up a name for the gun and then finding out that like no that's a real it's like unobtainium it's like no it's (laughs) we're making fun of it but it's a real thing
1: yeah but it's cool though it's i like the idea i love noah sagan's whole thing about the and apparently the him flipping the gun and that that point where he drops it Mm -hmm. when he's trying to show was like allegedly was a real um, oh really (laughs) yeah that he actually dropped it (laughs) Which like is one of those things where you hear people say that, where it's yeah. like, oh yeah, no, that was an ad lib, and it's like, no, it wasn't. Like, eh, <laughs> there's no way because it fits so firmly into yeah. like the movie. It's like, there's no way that was real. But I, you know, whatever. If they say it's, I'll, I'll believe them until I see conflicting evidence.
0: <laughs> where does this uh, rank for you within Ryan Johnson's filmography? This was a conversation we were having over text the other day.
1: Yeah. Um. So I need, so we were talking about this. I really need to re- rewatch Brothers Bloom. So I because I remember I saw Brick. I did see Brick first. Um. I remember because that was 2005, right? Yeah, 2005, and that was very much like I was a senior in high school. That was very much a indie film. Like that was really that was the start of like cinephile snob period Ooh. where I was like watching Hong Kong films and being like cinema. <laughs> um, <laughs> By so the I way, do, I've
0: I've shown Brick to classes before. It does not go well.
1: Is that, is that right?
0: Yeah, they are not By a way. fan of Brick. I think they find it's, the it's, dialogue hard to follow.
1: Is it too it's well because the, I remember the the dialogue in brick is very stylized right it's yeah, very, yes. he's really leaning he's leaning into the film noir like, yes, big yeah, time. which makes sense as a young filmmaker um I think it this is a best verse favorite thing I think Loopers is best movie um I think last Jedi is my favorite, okay. but that also, that also comes with a lot of, because I love star Wars. So that comes with a lot of baggage. outside sure, of that sure, sure. It's not really, it's not, it's not really fair to those other movies. You're a huge brothers bloom guy. And I, I think I've only ever seen that once. I, I do need to rewatch it.
0: I would like to rewatch it as well. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but I am a big, big brothers bloom guy. I remember going to see that theatrically and there's, I can pinpoint the exact moment that I completely fell in love with the movie. And that's what I've carried with me for all these years. Um, I do think Looper is probably his best movie.
1: I think that's because like, been, I've been rewatching Wes Anderson and, and it's kind of like, well, I love Tannenbaum's and I love Moonrise Kingdom, but like, uh, uh, Grand Budapest is his best movie. I mean, there's just no, like, I just think to me anyway. Better obvious. than Royal Tannenbaum's, really? I think I think in terms of like it's probably what, a more sophisticated What he's movie. doing, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if you watch if you watch them back to back, like I was watching a bunch of them out of order and like kind of back to back. Real Tannenbaum is so much like it's it's it, it's great. I mean, it's a really great movie, but in terms of just like him sharpening his knives right. like in terms of what he's good at, and because because Tannenbaum still has a foot in the real world, you know what I mean? Like it's still yeah. very much in that Rushmore bottle rocket, which early, I think is why
0: I respond to it even more than something like right. Budapest.
1: Grand Budapest is he's in his yeah. like kitschy dollhouse. It's Wes period. Anderson porn. Right. But, it but it, it's got enough. Like there, there's so much that he's doing it really well there. I'll just, say. I think that's peak to me. That's like peak like Anderson, like the same way I, I love like, like Inglorious bastards to me, I, I just is, is the best Tarantino movie. I just don't think, I think that's like, like there's cooler moments in Pulp Fiction and there's better things in, in, in Jackie Brown or whatever, but like there's so much of that movie. That's just like, it's pitch perfect in yeah. terms of what he's doing at, the speed that he knows how to do it and the way that he can do things that only he can do. I think that to me is Grand Budapest for Wes Anderson. Okay. Interesting. But it is, it is subjective. Yeah, for sure. I will rewatch brothers bloom. I, again, I've not given that one a a look and you said that knives out is kind of near the bottom for you. Uh,
0: yeah, I think, which isn't to say that I dislike knives out. Yeah, 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 right. I just think, and, and, and to be fair, I've only seen it once. Uh, right. Although I had only seen Looper once prior to this rewatch, so um, yeah, Knives Out I think currently, as it stands, is like my least favorite. Um, even though I still really like it and I think it's really good, but I definitely need to rewatch it, and obviously will before the sequel comes out.
1: Are you excited for that? Given that we just uh, kind of shit talked Death on the Nile a little bit uh, and joked about Hercule Poirot, are you are you looking forward to the next Benoit Blanc? Mystery? I
0: think. The ryan johnson benoit blanc movies are the way that i said like the hercule poirot movies are not for me i think these are the ones that are like i think these are the the poirot movies that are made for me
1: yeah i would kind of agree with that i think i think it's i think he's making better use of what he's got yeah in front of him yeah um anything else about looper you want to say I mean, there's a thousand things, but I think (laughs) in terms, in terms of substance, I think we're, I think we, I think we get it.
0: All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks for talking about this movie. It was good to talk about. I I can't remember where I ranked it in 2012. I know it was in my top 10. I think Erica had it as her number one. I, it wasn't that high for me, but it was, it was up there. I don't remember where it was
1: for me. Is there off the top of your head? Is there a 2012 film that you know, like is definitely, was that the year of cloud Atlas? Cloud Atlas, he Googled Cloud Atlas. Yes. Then I was Cloud saying, Atlas was my Atlas would point. be yeah. number one for you. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It's got to be up there, though. Yeah, for sure. Because art is a competition.
0: Exactly. <laughs> if we learned anything from the Oscars, <laughs> art is a art competition. Is a competition. Uh, well, thank you guys very much for listening to the show. As always, go to FThisMovie.com every day for new cool movie stuff. You can follow us on Twitter at FThisMovie. We're on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube at com slash FThisMovie where you can see all of the reserved seating videos with Rob and Adam. They've been kicking ass at doing that, and Rob is editing all those and do- doing a great job with those, so thank you, Rob. Uh, and you can email us at fthismoviepodcast at com. Thanks again, Rob.
1: We love you, Bruce Willis.